Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone and welcome to the Lower League Look League One Preview Podcast. My name is Sam and this week we are joined by Callum. Hello Callum. Hi Sam, how are we? I'm um, not too bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not not too bad. Uh, I've, I'm coming off very minimal sleep the night before. <laughs> I think I only had two hours. It's come out of nowhere. So if I uh, if my words get a bit mixed up, please, uh, please forgive me. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure we'll be fine as long as we don't get uh, nicknames of teams mixed up. I'm sure I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in terms uh... of as this is being a sort of a new podcast here on the Lower League, look. Um, in terms of the concept, what we've done, we've picked four big games. We think from League One this weekend, we're going to do a deeper dive into them, and then we'll do predictions of the other eight League One games. Also covering a bit of news that's happened in between the uh, review show, which was on Monday and today, as this is being recorded on Wednesday. So we're going to quickly cover some of the games that happened last night, um, some big games at the bottom of the league. Um, we'll start off with Fleetwood. They got a 2-0 victory away at Bristol Rovers, meaning they have now won two in a row. Callum, uh, would, I, do we think Fleetwood are back in the hunt to stay up? I, I mean, they, they've not been outside the relegation zone since I think it's game week two like the 12th of August. So if if they do manage to pull it off, I think it'll be one of the greatest escapes in, well, at least I can remember, but I don't have a great memory. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. It's one of them. You, you look at the, the underlying statistics and, okay, Charlie Adam, you know, it's I think it's his first managerial job. So getting two wins on the row, especially at Bristol Rovers, who have, you know, impressed a few people recently. They're, they're not doing too bad themselves. It, it looks good on paper, just is it too little, too late? I'm not entirely sure. I don't think it's enough to save them from relegation. But uh, as a Lincoln City fan, it's a it's a bit concerning they're hitting a bit of form um, ahead of this weekend, but we'll get onto that in a bit. Yeah, so um, the other League One game last night, um, we had Reading. They got th- a valuable three points away at Stevenage, taking them outside of the bottom four. 
Um, Steve Evans was obviously in my Steve Evans bingo game, quite critical of the referee once again. Um, but for, for Reading, they are now outside the bottom four. And to be honest, Reading, um, I've actually only, I believe, lost one in like their last 11. They've drawn a lot of them, but they're pretty consistently getting results now. I say I must apologise to to a few of my Reading fans' friends. I did say that they probably lose three nil to <laughs> to Stevenage, um, and I got a message uh, at ten o'clock last night saying, "Have you got anything to say, Callum?" And I'm like, "Well, I apologise, but no, Reading, it, it, they're one of them teams that, of course, you they they look quite good a lot of the time. You know, they're not a poor side. Obviously, hampered by by a lot of off the field issues, as as is very well documented." Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm quite confident that Reading will probably avoid the drop come the end of the season. It's just whether they can now kick on. You know, you can see what they can do against against the Steve Evans side in, in Stevenage. Can they? Again, it's all about that consistency, isn't? It? No matter what level of this league you are, you just want to get that consistency, and that'll be key for Reading uh, towards the end of the season. Now, hundred percent, and they've got to keep their key players in Harvey Nibs and Femi Aziz just fit, basically. Yeah. Um, there was two other games in League One as the the as two games were postponed in Bel- Burton, Cheltenham, and Cambridge and Bolton. So the team replacing Reading in the bottom four was Port Vale after they were defeated one 0 by Leighton Orient. Um, the O's are now one defeat in twelve, I believe it now is, and are the most informed team in League One in the past ten games. Port Vale, on the other hand, um, yeah, they're pretty pretty poor. Um, haven't got a lot going forward. The fans actually booed one of their own strikers off the pitch when he came off injured yesterday. Um, and when your goalkeeper is man of the match, I think it says a lot about your performance. Um, but we'll get on to Port Vale in a little bit because they obviously sacked Andy Crosby on Monday, which was in the review show. But in terms of an appointment for Port Vale, who do we think is a decent appointment for Port Vale? Um, Gareth Ainsworth's name has been thrown around a little bit. There's one name, isn't there, that's that's uh, skyrocketed, I think, to the uh, to the top of the uh, top of the odds, and that is obviously ex-Lincoln City manager Mark Kennedy. I think you know he he knows how to set up a team. You know, for for all the criticisms Kennedy Ball got uh, at Lincoln, he he knows how to set up a team defensively resolute. You know that that five at the back, which well, a lot of people argue it's three, but you know five at the back, it is very good. And you'd think for a Port Vale side. That probably, you know, it, it does weirdly, you know, as I'm talking about it now, I thought, you know, I thought I thought going into this rant here that I thought Mark Kennedy won't ever get a job in League One again. But you actually look at it, I genuinely it probably will be a, a wise appointment. I've seen uh, Port Vale put, about, uh, put a statement out, didn't they, mm-hmm. um, earlier today. I've only scanned through and not a proper look at it, but it, it, it looks like they really need to to find their footing again to to make sure they're safe for this season. Yeah, I think the statement was more pleading to the fans to actually stay with the club rather than just hurling abuse of them. And they went quite in depth about Daryl Clark and how he got sacked last season, which I still to this day maintain that it was a uh, weird sacking at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other game that was actually played in League One was Exeter City. They continued a pretty decent run with three wins in four with a 2-1 victory over Peterborough, who are now winless in three and two defeats in a row with another red card uh, for Peterborough. Um, So Exeter are now climbing the table and sit in 14th place now, and Peterborough have now played the same amount of games as second place Derby. Um, So in regards to Peterborough, 
do we then have to obviously three points off second place with no games in hand is this going to be the start of the peter rebuttal shall we say like it was last season I mean, it was only a matter of weeks ago, wasn't it, really, that everyone was was saying Peterborough, the most in-form side mm-hmm. in the league. And, uh, well, I hate to say it, but uh, the, that, 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 that draw was against, was against Lincoln City. So, uh, <laughs> you know, ever, ever since that cup final draw against Lincoln City, they've lost two other cup finals. Um, I don't think you can tell that I'm a bit bitter about, about Aaron Ferguson's <laughs> comments post-match. Uh, but no, you... you you know, like we say, it's all about momentum in in a league like League One. And if you're not, especially if you're pushing at the top, if you're winless in three, that you know that is probably the the decider between automatic and and playoffs. I don't think there are any risk of of slipping out of the out of the top six, but I do think come come the end of the season, it'll be between those three that are currently at the top. Now, I do think it'll be Bolton, Derby, and Portsmouth oh. uh, battling it out. No Pompey bottle. No, well, I'd love to see it personally, but uh, no, I don't (laughs) don't think so. Um, I will, I will say, uh, thoughts for Bolton fans who, of course, travelled all the way down to to Cambridge only for that game to get uh, abandoned in in the in the ninth minute, I believe it was. Yes, uh, if you've seen any of the videos of it, it was uh, quite funny. They just started thinking they wanted more groundsmen on the pitch and and stuff like that. But it it was the weather conditions were pretty pretty horrendous. Um, and obviously, Burton Cheltenham was also postponed about ninety minutes. I think it was before before kick off. Um, yeah. So. Two teams that probably could do with the points as well. So that game will obviously be a rearranged for some point in, in February. When? I don't know if it's been announced yet, but I suspect it'll be in a pretty hectic sort of schedule this sort of month. Um. So Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to move on to the first of the four deep dive games, so to speak. Um, and we're going to go with Blackpool versus Oxford, a battle for the top six. So Callum, um, what have you got for us on, on this game? Yeah, I've said. I think this one is. It's kind of the the battle of of the playoffs, isn't it? You know, if if either of these teams wants to keep track of those playoffs, they they really need to. It's it's a must win for either, of course. You you look at Blackpool. You know, they're six points off off Stevenage, and they have played a game more, but you know they're still within that touching distance. Um, Blackpool, they've got a one hundred percent record of losing at home when conceding first. <laughs> So you you kind of get the impression I, I you know the the first goal in this game is crucial because Oxford have lost seventy five percent of games at home when they've conceded first as well. So it's it's I think that's a way sorry. So the first goal in this match is is crucial for for both teams regardless of of what happens. I think. Yeah, so I had a look at some. So Blackpool actually have the strongest home record in terms of points in the league, which was actually which did surprise me to be honest. And Oxford have the seventh best away form, um, but they've only actually drawn one away game, so they either win or lose away from home. It seems. Um, but I think the, the most surprising statistic for me in the last ten games in all competitions, Jordan Rhodes has only scored the one solitary goal. Yeah, I, I was looking at the stats for this, and I'm like. What what's happened? Because you know a lot of the, a lot of teams are, are built around that that one key striker, and when that one key striker is not scoring goals, you you often see them slip down the table, and that that you know that's probably what's what's happening here. Um, but Blackpool, you know, I've I've think I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Blackpool when I was getting into football. That was 
that was when Blackpool were in in the Premier League. So I've always had a bit mm. of a a bit of a a soft spot for Blackpool. So I like to see them do well. And obviously Oxford, I think their season will this season will be known for them as as a season of two halves. I think um, this weekend is is Des Buckingham's. This this is the halfway stage. So this is his nineteenth uh, league game, at least in charge. Um, and uh, in that time, uh, he's won six and lost eight. Compare that to Liam Manning, uh, who of course won twelve and lost five. So that that huge swing, isn't it? Really, in in results, mm. it, it it's a tale of two halves, isn't it, for for Oxford? Yeah, it's a season that started with so much promise for for them, and they kind of just fell away. Like, like we said before, a lot of them players obviously probably just came in for for Liam Manning. Um, they've obviously come in and Des Buckingham as a, a supporter of the football club. Sometimes these things just don't work. Um, hmm. I had a look at their recently played formations. In the last 10 games, he's played 3-4-3 three, three, or whatever, whatever sort of way you call it nowadays. He's played 4-4-2. He's played 4-2-3-1. So, and I still can't... I, they've had possession in some of these games and they've had like 35% possession in some of these games. So I can't yeah. work out if they're a counter-attacking team, a possession-based team. They don't seem to have any sort of identity. And that's... I know when you're taking over a club that's doing really well, it's really difficult to stamp your own ideas on the way that you want to play because they're doing mm-hmm. well, but they're not playing the way Liam Manning was playing. And they're kind of not playing unless this is the Des Buckingham way and have no identity and just hope that hope that you actually win games. Um, but it, they just seem a bit all over the place at the moment. And obviously you've got the individual mm-hmm. quality of Brannigan and Ruben Rodriguez, but, individual quality can only obviously bow you out set amount so of times. So. I think it feeds into a bit of not desperation, but a bit of, you know, we, we don't know what the best way to go is. You look at Oxford in, in the last 15 minutes of games, uh, they've scored 19 and conceded 16, which, you know, in, in that segment is, is a huge outlier. So it, it it kind of feeds into this sense of, you know, we're scrambling to find the solution. Mm. We don't know what's happening and we're slowly losing track to the team around us. You know, only one win in the last five and that's the lowest of all teams in the top top 11 so in the last five games. So they're, they're really struggling to find that. Again, like we say, consistency. Yeah, <laughs> That seems to be the key word today for me anyway. <laughs> Uh, I think it's this point in the season, isn't it, where teams at the top start to find these little silly little results where they'll go and lose to a like a Port Vale or a Fleetwood. And these teams at the bottom start to pick up points and it all starts to congest really quickly. And for teams yeah. like probably Blackpool, who are six points off, Leighton Orient, Bristol Rovers, they're all thinking, oh, hello, we, we have a little bit of a chance of getting the playoffs here if we put a consistent run together. And these little teams that put that run towards the end of the season and sneak into sixth usually do quite well in the playoffs because they've got all that momentum behind them as well yeah and oxford don't like a clean sheet either they've only kept two clean sheets away from home all season so i don't know like in terms of how i think this game will go i think blackpool might sneak it to one uh, okay. and i think it, i think it might be a late goal you know we're talking in in that 80th 80th minute or so, but I'm, I I would go with a 2-1 to, to the to the Blackpool on that one, personally. I don't know about you, Sam. I've gone for 3-1. Um, and what we're going to do, we're going to have a little competition. When we predict the scores, I'm going to write all of these down, and then we'll come back next week and we'll see who's going to get the most points. And then at the end of the season, we'll top them all up and we'll do something for the whoever gets the most points or something. 
That, that worries um, me because I, I fare notoriously <laughs> bad in predictions. So, <laughs> um, so um, just quickly on the XG for both teams, Blackpool have got the fourth most XG in the league with uh, 41.8 expected goals and XG conceded. They have the 16th best in terms of they've conceded 32.9. And for Oxford, they sit mid-table for XG with 36.4. And in terms of XG conceded, they have conceded 32.7, which is the 18th best in terms of that means they're probably, I think, 8th. If 24 minus 8 is 18, they are the 8th best. So yeah. that's the way it weirdly metrics it out. And when I write a number down, it, that's how it comes out. So we've gone for, Cal's gone for a 2-1 victory to Blackpool and I have gone for a 3-1 victory for Blackpool. Watch Oxford win this one now. <laughs> oh yeah, that, it'll either be nil-nil and Oxford will actually keep a clean sheet away from home or Oxford are just going to steamroll them. That's normally <laughs> the way these predictions go. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, it's just our luck. Yeah. Um, so the next game we're going to cover is Reading versus Charlton, a huge, huge game at the bottom of League One. In term, uh, so we'll start off with the managerial news at Charlton Athletic, with Nathan Jones being announced as manager, and uh, they are their attacker Khan, who also signed a new long-term contract today. Um, so Nathan Jones, good appointment for Charlton. I think it's a bit of a coup. I genuinely think he's he's a bit of a coup. Uh, you know, of course, it didn't go didn't go hugely well uh, in the Premier League for him. Um, but of course, yeah, I, I just think in terms of uh, a manager that that might be there for a project, and of course, he's a name that a lot of people like. You know, a lot of people know the names know the name Nathan Jones, whether that's for, for good or for worse, you know, decide amongst mm-hmm. yourselves. But he is still, he is a, certainly a name for, for League One Charlton. Whether he's used to that that relegation scrap, you know, it might get nice and dirty at times, I suppose, down at down at the bottom of, of League One. So whether, whether his style of football will will suit Charlton for that, I don't know, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a long term contract, so there's certainly the feeling that it, it's it's going to be a bit of a project for them. Be a project in League Two if they're not careful. Um, <laughs> so, in t- in terms of um, Nathan Jones' managerial career, obviously he started at Luton Town. Um, he was there for just literally over three years, winning fifty one point two percent of his one hundred and seventy games. He then obviously had a less than fruitful spell at Stoke City, which. I think you can look at one of two ways. It's not gone well for Stoke with any manager since they've been relegated. Um, he then returned to Luton Town, um, was there for another 133 games, obviously did really, really well to get them in, fighting at the top of the championship. And then Rob Edwards obviously came in and finished the job. Um, and then he left for Premier League Southampton and was shit. Other than that manager, that result against Manchester City, which everyone remembers, um, it was pretty poor. Um, so over his career, he's managed 357. Yeah. This is a source of Wikipedia. So 357 games in charge, 153 wins, 99 draws, and 105 losses. So it's a pretty decent managerial record. Whether he can do it with with Charlton Athletic, of course, with with how far down the table they are, I guess that mm. that, that that remains to be seen. But I think, yeah, like I say. In terms of a manager that you, you'd like to, you know, not build a team around, but one that could be there for for a bit of a, I don't want to call it a, a rebuild, but that that is in essence what it is. You'd like to. There's only a few players, I think, 
a lot of Charlton Athletic fans would keep. Yeah, it'd be a bit awkward when Charlie Murphy announces that uh, Charlton are doing a Charlton Till I Die on Netflix until get for this, this season, just going thinking they're going to get promoted and they've had three managers and it's all going tits up. Yeah. Um, so we've got obviously Reading, um, who we mentioned a little bit earlier, now sit outside the bottom four. Um, in terms of this game, with Nathan Jones going in, he's not he is a motivator, but he also says how he feels. And that can work one or two ways with a team that is devoid of confidence. It can either give them a kick up the arse, which they probably need, because Michael Output is the most dreary man I think I've ever listened to do a post-match conference. Because um, he'll, he'll say how he feels. He he don't pull yeah. no punches. Um, or it'll work the complete opposite way and it will completely ruin sort of any little bit of confidence the players have. Um I think the only saving grace for Charlton is they arguably have one of the best strike partnerships in the league in Alfie May and Freddie Ladapo. Um, I'd, I'd advise um, Nathan Jones just not to do post-match press conferences <laughs> um, because I seem to remember there was quite a few of those blunders. So, you know, keep that motivational speaking into uh, in the dressing room. That's if, if it works. But, you know, if, if he doesn't get a result here, and and Port Vale in a scraper scraper win, mm. then then you, then Charlton are in the bottom four. That's yeah, that how would... serious the conversation. That's how serious this match is. Charlton could end this week in the bottom four if results go against them. And everyone says clubs like Charlton, clubs like Charlton. You've got to remember. I know Bolton had financial difficulties, but Bolton Wanderers were also in League Two. Portsmouth mm. again with financial difficulties were in League Two. You can get relegated and be a big name, so to speak. Yeah. Um, they, I, I, I do personally think they will be fine, but Everyone never said that. I mean, I, yeah, yeah you, say, you say that about Leicester last year, didn't you? I, I was really naive and thinking, yeah, they'll pull it out. They'll be, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. But football's football. You can't get yep. complacent. I don't think. Yep. Um, and obviously, like we mentioned earlier, Reading have won one defeat in eleven, so they, they're not going to be no pushovers either. Um, Ruben Sellers seems to have got that unity in the dressing room now. Yes, they lost Tom McIntyre to Portsmouth. Um, they lost uh, they lost uh, Tom Holmes to Luton, but obviously got him back. Um, and they lost one more defender, but I, for the life of me, I can't remember who it was. Um, so I really think this... Uh, I reckon he, I've gone for a one-all draw in this game, personally, just because I think it, Reading are pretty decent at home. Um, their home form is the eighth best with seven wins, four draws and four losses. And Charlton's away form is the 18th, 18th best um, with one win away from home, seven draws and six losses. Um, but both teams can score goals. Uh, Charlton have obviously scored 43. Reading have conceded 38. Um, so, And Charlton have conceded the seventh most XG. So they're pretty solid defensively with Reading in mid-table with, with XG with 36.9. So they don't seem to... They seem to create a few chances, but they seem to... Con they've both conceded over five more goals than they've expected to as well, um, which is which is never never a good sign, really, because that means they're conceding too many chances as, at the same time. So on that Ruben Sellers point, I've got a lot of respect for him. You know, a lot of managers in that situation could easily just... just cower and, and give up and, and leave but the fact that he has 
he's kept that side together as as much as he can, not just in terms of personnel, but in terms of you know that morale. It is really good, and I, I genuinely I do think you know we could we could see a Reading win. I I wouldn't Ooh. put it against them to sneak it two one. I, I really two. wouldn't. I don't think I don't think Nathan Jones has has had chance to to really imprint his philosophy. But then at the end of the day, like you say, if if, if Charlton have got the the personnel quality, were they just not playing for Appleton? You know, we could we could see Charlton just smack him three nil. You mm. know, it, it genuinely could go either of the way, and that that's the curse of the new manager, I think. Yeah, and um, the reverse fixture of this, Charlton actually smacked them 4-0. But I think Reading have come quite a long way since since then. So Because if you added, let's say we gave Reading their four points, deducted points, um, they would be on 35 with their goal difference, would actually put them 15th. So it it doesn't change the table as much, but then five point, uh, four points that could come in quite handy towards the end of the season. if they... so they're, they're definitely not a bad side, Reading. Um, no, but because of how scrappy it is at the bottom, you know, you, you look how tight it is from from twenty first all the way to to you know, well, Lincoln City in in twelfth. There's there's eight points. Mm. It's it's very scrappy, and and a win can really can really make can really make the difference. You know, if if those teams didn't pick up a result last week, you know, almost that that. <laughs> Nineteenth to twelfth is almost flip reversed. If yeah. if 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 the teams don't pick up results like they did in in their previous fixture, so that that's the nature of EFL football, and that's why we uh, that's why we love it, I suppose. And the more concerning thing for Charlton as well is they've used the most players in the league as well. They've used thirty nine players this season, which is uh, six more than anyone else, and the that team is who have used the second most is Carlisle, who obviously signed near enough a brand new squad in January. Um, so we that is obviously not good for anything. Yeah, we say about Oxford not knowing their best team, their best formation at the moment, but that kind of gets exemplified when you look further down the table, doesn't it, I suppose? Yeah. Right, so we've both gone for, or I've gone for a draw and you've gone for a 2-1 Reading yeah. win. So to make up for the defeat, I forecasted them midweek. <laughs> to get to get the Reading fans back on side, I'll give you the win this week. <laughs> so what we're going to do, we're going to quickly go to an ad break and then we'll be back shortly and we'll continue our preview of the weekend's game. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And welcome back to the League One preview show. Um, so the next game we are going to cover um, is Barnsley versus Leighton Orient. And there is a reason I have chosen this game. 
mainly because not not because I support them before everyone starts so, having a go at so, me. Has it got something to do with a t-shirt you wear? <laughs> uh, oh yes. No, no, no. So Barnsley <laughs> are fifth, currently fifth in League One. They have fifty-three points. All I've seen on Twitter after last night's victory against Port Vale is Leighton Orient are seven points off the playoffs. Good. Yes, that is factually correct. We are seven points off the playoffs. But we have to play Blackpool. We have to play Oxford. We have to play Stevenage. We have to play Barnsley. We have to play Peterborough. And we have to play Derby. We have to play everyone above us. And with the form we're in, we've beaten Portsmouth and we've beaten Bolton. I'm not going to think... I don't think we'll get top six personally. A lot of our fans now think we do because football is a very reactionary sport. 12 weeks ago, we were calling for Wellens to, or some of them were calling for Wellens to leave the football club because that's what football is like. And all of a sudden, he's a hero again. Um, so yes, we are in amazing form, the only unbeaten league one side. But Barnsley, yes, they haven't won in two, but they've got a striker who is the joint top scorer in the league in Devante Cole. And you give him any sniff of goal, and he is going to score. Um, and we did concede a couple of dodgy chances to Port Vale last night, um, which a better team like Barnsley will take. They've got, obviously, Herbie Kane, um, Jonathan Russell, Nicky Cadden. We're talking experienced League One players and championship players to some degree as well. And I just, I personally think Barnsley just have a little bit too much for us, especially at home. Um, I have, saying that, they have the 10th best home form in the league with seven wins, three draws and five losses. And they have scored 28, which is near enough of average of two goals scored per game. Um, there was a game a couple of weeks ago, I remember watching the highlights of them and they could have had six or seven. I think it was a two-all draw they got and they could have scored six or seven, to be honest. Um, when you've got players of the calibre of people like Nicky Cadden supplying your front line, you're going to be scoring 10 to 15 goals a season, I think. Do you not think that's possibly the issue with with Barnsley at the moment? Is you know they could have had, you know they could be scoring so much more. You look at mm. the the one that the what the the game that I, I looked at the other week was their their match against Exeter where they where they lost two one, uh, and it's really not like they didn't have the opportunities to win that game. You know that you know even if they uh, even if they concede the two goals to Exeter, which I seem to remember were were pretty good goals. You, you you know Barnsley should have won that game three two four two really realistically you know if if they were if they were serious you know title contenders automatic spot contenders so potentially there's not complacency but a bit of wastefulness creeping in at, at Barnsley mm. I think personally like if you're if you're a you're a big stats person looking at the stats Barnsley have scored fifty three goals and conceded thirty three so but if you then look at the xG of that. So their XG is the sixth best in the league with 39. So they have overachieved their XG by 14 goals. So they score lots of worldies, basically. And I remember yeah. the goal back when we played them at home in a one-all draw. It was a worldie from about 25 yards from Herbie Kane. In XG, they are sixth, with which is only worsened by like teams like Fleet. Fleet would have got the worst. Wigan are second worst. So teams like that near the bottom of the league, which is 40, they've only conceded 33. So their goalkeeper, which I believe is Liam Roberts or Ben Killip, had a pretty strong season because that's set seven goals prevented so far this season. Um, on the flip side, we are mid-table for XG with 34.9 and we've scored 34. And our XG conceded is 14th, which is, which is 35.1, and we've conceded 34. 
So in terms of where we stand in the league, we're about right. And I, this game's either going to go two ways, I think. We've obviously played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and we're going to be shattered on a heavy pitch. Um, and Barnsley have had the week off, so I think that will work in their favour. Um, our away form is the eighth best in the league with six wins, six draws and four losses. Um, it, it just depends how much you take form into it as well, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and the I mental it's one of them. It's one of them that sometimes stats don't matter. Sometimes it is it is purely just about how how the teams turn up, and like you say, Leighton Orient might not have the legs. I think mm-hmm. that that draw, you know, okay, Barnsley winless in two. That draw against Bolton, you know, if if we are considering Bolton as as potentially favourites for the title, I don't want to give them that title just yet. Mm-hmm. But if they are to draw against the potential league title favourites is a, is a huge thing isn't it you know in mm. terms of just saying like we we've got this okay we might have we might have slipped up against Exeter but you know we we, we can you know everyone will start thinking I'm a Barnsley fan um but I you know <laughs> I trying to trying to provide some balance to balance this, yes to this I, I I can see Barnsley sneaking past 2-0 I, I I think it might be a fairly uneventful game Mm-hmm. You know Barnsley. You know, com- you know. You look at you look at Stevenage. They're an outlier, sure, but but Barnsley don't score. Well, Barnsley score. You know, quite averagely compared to the teams around them. They concede quite averagely. I I I, I can see a two nil, and you know mm-hmm. it, it be it be sixth on the highlight reel of <laughs> of the games on on Quest or whatever, and just I could. Do you know what I mean? I know we, you mean, we yeah. can hype it up. It's one of those games that we we can hype it up, and then it could just be a, a two 0 or it could just be a, or a one one. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it could go either way. And before anyone comes at me to say I've only picked them because I support them, in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, if we win, we're four points off the playoffs, and everyone's like, "Oh my yeah. god, why if, didn't if you cover you win, this game?" Yeah. If you win, it, uh, you know that maybe that that playoff dream is is there is alive. But... I've somehow we've somehow got a calm our fan base down though. Somehow got to calm them down. Everyone's <laughs> everyone's allowed to dream in football. Is is that is, possible? Is we that had, ever the, possible? I remember back in twenty oh testing the memory. I think it was twenty eleven. We were in a similar situation to this in League One. We had three less points and we finished one point outside the playoffs. Three years later, it happened again and we had two more points and finished one point outside the playoffs. And everyone's now tweeting this stat to say, "Oh, if we continue this trend, we'll be one point in the playoffs." Like. <laughs> Stop talking about playoffs. Stop putting pressure on the team and just let them play football. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do think Barnsley will win the game. I've gone for two one, and I I've just think their individual, long. yeah, I, I think their individual quality. I think their individual quality of Herbie Kane, Devante Cole, um, John McAtee if he's back fit, Adam Phillips. I just think it it will pull through. Um, well, which will be a shame. It'll but... be. It'll be uneventful, and then there'll there'll be ten goals in this game, and we'll just be thinking, "Well, <laughs> we, we we misjudged that one again, didn't we?" So yeah. <laughs> we'll be off to a very very good start, yeah, um, very possibly. So before anyone comes at us now, we're going to do Lincoln versus Fleetwood, and the only reason we've I think we've done this is because of the run Fleetwood are on. Yeah, and Skubala has got his. I think he got his. Am I right in saying he got his it, first victory last week as well? It's it's his third win as Lincoln City boss, but his first 
since November the 29th, I believe, against Cambridge away. Um, which is is mental to think that he's that a team that a manager who's gone on that run uh, is still in a job. Uh, but like 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 with Des Buckingham and and Liam Manning, uh, if you look at the record between Scabala and Kennedy, this is actually Scabala's sixteenth game in charge of Lincoln, which is exactly as many mm. as Kennedy had uh, at the start of the season. Uh, Scabala fifteen games, he's won three and lost six. Uh, Kennedy has uh, obviously 16 games, won six, and uh, and lost uh, and, and lost six as well. So, you know, potentially only two wins worse off. So, uh, even though it, it looks bad on paper, it, it might not be as as bad as it, it it looks for Lincoln City. But I think the big thing was that win, and mm-hmm. I, I I tweeted out after. After the link, after the game against Burton Albion, what a coup Rico hack it was for Lincoln City over the summer. A, a player that that was kind of on the fringes uh, for for Pompey last season, and he's come in and he's he's kind of really relishing this this kind of just like pacey winger, sometimes forward, sometimes left wing back, mm. utility. I can do everything. Role that he seems to have grown himself into, <laughs> but I, I just think he's incredible. And and the sight of Ben House wearing a Lincoln City shirt for the first time since I think August or September. I think I think that's many got, Lincoln City exciting. fans will have had will have had dreams about that day. So it, it's looking on the <laughs> up, but in in a very Lincoln City way. And I think I can say this as someone who's currently wearing the home shirt. Um, this seems like a game that will probably lose one nil. If, if being completely honest. I was going to say, because I'm just looking at some stats, you are 20th for XG with 20, 30 goals and you are one of the best defensive teams in terms of XG conceded in the league. You're only yeah. 29.9, so you're pretty boring, to be honest. We're, we're a very boring side, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. A lot of fans had expectations that we get in the Premier League. We'll finish 10th this season, 10th, 11th, 12th. We won't be we won't be worried from relegation. It's about building on to next season now, and and just seeing what what happens. I think for for Lincoln and again, like I say, I, I can easily see us us losing this game. Funnily enough, uh, we don't score in thirty six percent of our games. We also don't concede in thirty six percent of our games. Um, but weirdly enough, we love a one one, uh, which is our most common scoreline of the season. So, and funnily enough, that is what I've gone for. So is far. it? I've, can... I've gone for a one-one draw, um, uh, but well, like I said in in another, I forget which was it. It was the Blackpool Oxford game. Um, this game's crucial. If if Lincoln score first, they're guaranteed to win. I think mm-hmm. um, Fleetwood have never won in the league when they've conceded first, and um, of course they've not been outside the bottom four since since the twelfth of of August, and have only kept a clean sheet in two away games all season in the league. So you think if, if Lincoln City can get that first goal, maybe with the pace of, of Rico Hackett or or the power of, of Joe Taylor or, or Freddie Draper, whatever, whatever front three, two, Scabala goes with, you think if Lincoln can get that first early goal, then it'd be a walk in the park. But if Fleet would get that first goal, it'll be a scrap, I think. 
you know, I'm just looking at the home form. You're 19th in terms of home form, 14 games, four wins, six draws and four losses. And then in terms of the away form, uh, Fleetwood Town, surprisingly, sitting in 14th place with three wins, five draws and seven losses. And obviously for Fleet, it's, it's, it's two teams that when you get that winning feeling, I suppose, when you've not had it for so long, it gives you that little bit of value, I suppose, in terms of you want that feeling again. And to be honest, Fleetwood have had two impressive performances, a 3-0 win over Port Vale and a 2-0 win over Bristol Rovers. So going into this game, it, it, it's going to be, I think, a real, real test for, for Lincoln. Um, I know Lincoln, Fleetwood have the worst XG conceded in the league with 47, but that they're now within touching distance of actually getting out of the bottom four. They did this last year, I'm pretty sure. They were always in and around, weren't they? That bottom four. Yeah. And then somehow they stayed up by like a point. Um, they obviously had a pretty fire sale January, didn't they? They lost Josh Earl. They lost Jack Marriott. Jack Marriott was um, a big one, isn't it? And they lost somebody else as well, who I can't remember who it was. Um, and they didn't... Oh, they lost Tishmanga. I know Tishmanga didn't really play, but obviously he went back and went to Boreham Wood. Um, it's... It'll be, I think there might be that more togetherness, I suppose, at Fleetwood now. Um, Charlie Adam obviously came in from a from a youth team at Burnley. And I suppose a fresh ideas, fresh outlook, maybe taking the pressure off the players, um, maybe giving them less information, possibly, because obviously Lee Johnson, he likes to think, I think he's the big bollocks and in terms of managers being touted to be this next big thing five, six years ago and being sacked by Fleetwood and Hibbs in the same season, while his dad isn't being much more successful at Torquay. Um, it's not been a good year for the, their family so far. Um, I, I think in the in the reverse fixture, it was 1-0 to Lincoln, wasn't it, uh, at Fleetwood? Yeah. Um, so I, I do think Lincoln will, will come through this 2-0, and I can see Ben House coming off the bench and scoring. In, in the seventieth minute to, to wrap it up, you know, I'm probably speaking pure fantasy here as as a Lincoln City <laughs> fan. I, I'm telling, I'm manifesting what I think we all want to happen. I think we all we all want Freddie Draper to score in the first twenty minutes and then Ben House to come off and and wrap it up. So I'll go with a two nil with that very specific storyline in in mind. Uh, and if okay. it pays off, I'm a genius. If it doesn't, then uh, I'll get sacked in the morning. Uh, I'm going to remember that now for next week when Freddie Draper comes off injured <laughs> after five minutes because that no, seems to be the Lincoln way. That would be our look, wasn't it, if, if that happens? So... That, that would be very Lincoln, I suppose, to last five minutes and go, right, uh, I've had enough, my hamstring's going to go now. Um, uh, yeah, that, that, do you know what? It'll happen and then we'll all cry and we'll have no more strikers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Lincoln way and proud to be, proud to be an imp. Right, so we're going to go on to the remaining eight games. These won't be covered as in-depth, but we'll give you a little bit of information on the game and then we'll just give a score prediction. Um, if you want anything changed for the format, obviously with this being the first preview show we've done, please tweet us um, at the Lower League Look or um, when this gets tweeted out, you'll see mine and Callum's Twitter handles. If you have any ideas for what you want, please, please let us know um, and we'll take, we'll take them on board. Um, so we'll cover Wickham versus Peterborough first. And out of, I say out of form in inverted commas, Peterborough versus a lacklustre, I think, Wickham Wanderers. Um, the last game was in, a lot of these games when we're doing the research, we'll play on the 21st of October. So it seems to be that sort of rerun of games. Um, it was a 2-2 draw. 
Um, uh, Posh obviously have no win in three. Wickham won their last game, but still pretty, pretty shit. Um, don't score goals. And their fans still don't like Bloomfield. Um, but I look at their squad and I still think they've got quality all over the pitch. Um, I've gone for a... Having said that, though, I have gone for a 3-1 Peterborough win. I, I, I just don't rate Wickham. I, I really don't like they're they're aside of course they had that spell in the championship and you'd think you know even even coming back down they'd be i i view them personally probably naively as as a consistent top half side well that's what they should mm-hmm. be aiming to be anyway and they're just they're just really uninspiring um i feel like that that's the word around them at the moment of course you know like you say they got that win last time but again i think i think I'd probably go two nil Peterborough just to be just to be different, but I think it'll be be quick, uh, be quite quite simple for for Posh. Yeah, I think I think they'll probably be out for a a bit of. I'm pissed off now. Let's go score, mm. have some fun, Peterborough. It, um, it's it a nice to game to to settle the nerves, isn't it? I think really, Wickham. If 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 you could pick a side to kind of just take it easy against, I think a lot of teams would probably mm. pick Wickham. Um, Wickham fans, please don't. You know, please don't. <laughs> hate me but uh, you know i I like you sometimes just be more interesting (laughs) just be interesting (laughs) and i'll like you but they've actually only got they've got the second or third oldest squad by point one um and obviously i think they recruited quite well in january but uh, yeah we've all gone for a, a convincing peterborough win to put them back on track um, the next one is Carl. So it's top versus bottom in Portsmouth versus Carlisle. And I think it's safe to say Carlisle are pretty doomed. Um, 11 points from safety, one win in 15. Did all this recruitment in January, signing Harry Lewis, um, Luke Armstrong, Harry, uh, Harrison Neal, I think it is. And they're all League Two standard. Um, it's basically like they've prepared for next season. Um Portsmouth won the reverse fixture back uh, 1-0 in October. Um, but they did get some bad news this week with their new signing, Tom McIntyre. And have you, before I could move on to whoever else is out for the season, did you see the red card last week for McIntyre? Oh, I think I, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, it was interesting. Not, yeah, it's one of the worst decisions I think I've ever seen. I love the way, I can't remember who it was, I think it was, I can't remember who it was against, but the whole of the opposition bench got out, out of their feet going, oh, I rave. And it's like, it's a brilliant tackle. He, the ball was flung in the opposite direction and McIntyre is now conveniently out for the season with a fractured ankle and the red card got rescinded. So yeah. that, um, and alongside that, they've also got Morel and Devlin out for the season as well. Um, and their other centre-half, I think it's Ricky Towler, he's also just coming back from an injury. So it's a bit like, short at the back for Portsmouth. Um, said there's, there, there's signs creeping in that, that, that Portsmouth might might be struggling. Of course, mm. Callum Lang has been has been inspired. I think Callum mm. Lang, the, the, few, the few highlights I've seen of him as a Portsmouth player, um, has been really inspired. So whether he's the player that just provides that that kind of in injective energy that that Portsmouth tend to not get at this time mm. of year, and he's he's the reason that that, that they get, that they push on. I don't know. I, I've I, I know everyone's gone for a convincing Portsmouth win. Part of me just really thinks Carlisle or 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 do it do a sneaky, um, but I'll go with two one Portsmouth. 
I, I think so. I, I can see I can see a ninetieth minute winner for, for Pompey or, or something like that and they'll they'll shrug it off as an easy game but everyone knows they got lucky because they scored in the hundredth minute or something. Yeah, I've gone for two 0 to, to Pompey. Um I just think that I I just think that individual quality and having a striker like Carby Bishop I think will bail them out. Um I just, I obviously I watched Carlisle play us last week and it's a team devoid of any sort of ideas. Um, the only real spark I saw for Carlisle was uh, Gibson out on the wing, uh, but other than that, pretty pretty average and looked destined to go back to League Two to be honest. Um, the next game is Bristol Rovers versus Burton, and not to sound horrible to you two teams. Bristol Rover, your season is pretty irrelevant now. You're just sat there in mid-table on 40 points and are building towards next season, um, especially after losing your marksman and one of my favourite players in the league in Aaron Collins to, to Bolton. Um, and Burton, you could do with a victory. You are two points clear off the bottom four, um, having played two games more than Port Vale um, and obviously lost to a 10-man Lincoln City last week. Um Burton actually won the reverse fixture last uh, last time I, on October the 21st, conveniently again. Uh, they won it 4-1, which was pretty surprising, to be honest. The, the um, thing that struck me about Burton is that they, they just, against Lincoln City, we, again, you know, playing against 10 men, you can kind of see it as an anomaly. But I just, I think they ran out of ideas, mm. if, if I'm honest. I think this, this is what a lot of people said after the match. Is that they they ran out of ideas and you, you see that a lot with with teams in in that kind of place. I I think Bristol Rovers have got this one. I think it'd be be a two nil one a two nil to, to Bristol Rovers. And I, I as someone originally, you know, I I, I was born in Burton. I, I don't really like them. <laughs> I, was... I, I I support I support their their historical non-league rivals in in Gresley Rovers growing up. That was my religious non-league side. So uh, anything to 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 hate on the Brewers, uh, I happily will. Uh, so two nil to Bristol Rovers and a lovely smile on my face at the full time. <laughs> um, I've gone for a one-one draw in this game. I just think it's. Um, I think Bristol Rovers are sort of building towards next season without Chris Martin, who got sent off last night. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I just think we'll, we'll see what happens. I, and obviously Burton won two nil against Charlton five um, in their last five. Um, I just think I, I, I criticise Shrewsbury heavily, as we all know, and I'm very sorry, Shrewsbury fans. But you're not, are you? You're not. <laughs> I'm not sorry, but. <laughs> Shrew- Burton have only scored 25 goals. And if you're any team that near enough score less than one point uh, goal per game, and uh, I've very nearly much included us in this as well, I don't like you. You're so boring. So. Yeah, I-, I can see Burton struggling. Obviously, they-, they got rid of Dino, didn't they? Yeah. Earlier on in the season. He-, he was the only exciting thing about that team if I'm honest, with how eccentric he, he tended to be in a lot of his interviews. Of course, they do now have, uh, his name eludes me, but six foot seven striker. Just play oh, it long. Yeah, they play, got, play they got it of, long. Am I right in thinking they got rid of their top scorer, Lubala, as well, didn't they? I think um, so. Oh, it's Carl, yeah, Kyle Hudlin. I remember, I remember going to the playoff final, the National League one, when Kyle Hudlin was playing for Solid Hormoz, and he had the biggest lump on his head from some sort of headbutt from someone. Uh, I distinctly remember that. And he was absolute garbage. Some I don't know how he got a move to, I think it was Huddersfield. 
I still can't work out that for the life of me. Um, but the next game, um, oh, sorry. If, if you burton it, it, it's route one in it. Yes, this is yeah. the time to, to dig in and get scrappy, but we'll we'll see. I I've never supported Bristol Rovers before, but go, come on. <laughs> One thing I will say about Bristol Rovers, they've got a lovely new stand behind the goal. Yeah. Yes. Um so the next game is Derby versus my um seem to be hatred team of Shrewsbury Town. I don't hate you, Shrewsbury. I just like taking the piss out of you, to be honest. Um they obviously Shrewsbury obviously got Paul Hurst in charge. Um he won his first game and everyone was like, oh my God, Drewsbury are back. And then they conveniently lost to Cambridge last week. Um, so everyone has now got off their high horse. Um, and Derby County, obviously currently sitting in second, have that game in hand over top of the league, Portsmouth. Um, uh, Shrewsbury actually beat Derby as well in the reverse fixture, 1-0. Um, so, but I, I do think Derby at home with the quality they have, it's Paul Warren time of the season, as I call it. I have gone for a 3-0 Derby win. I think it's that kind of thing, isn't it? Derby, orig- like Derby, I often look as the side that have everything they could ever need in this league, a bit like Portsmouth. They have everything mm-hmm. they could ever need and they'll still find a way to, to mess <laughs> it up. It, it, it seems to be the Derby way. Um, but again... I, yeah, like you say, I think I, I'd go with probably even a, a four nil. I, I, I think it'll probably be be a, not not a walk in the park for for the Rams, but I, I can't see Shrewsbury really posing much of a threat. No, I think when when you've got players like Connor Hurahan, Mendes Lang, uh, Cashin, James Collins, Kane Wilson, Tom Barkhues, and you you should be winning this league pretty comfortably, but they're, you've literally got prime bottlers at the top of the league in Portsmouth, Derby, Peterborough, all prime bottlers. So it's like none of them actually want promotion. They just want to be near the top of the league so they yeah. can just let everyone down again. Um, so both of us has gone for convincing Derby victories. So we've got three more games to quickly cover. Uh, we've got Northampton versus Bolton. Um, so Northampton, to be honest, to be fair to them, have had a pretty steady season sitting in 11th place. They've lost their last two, but I'm pretty sure if you offered their fans 11th place with 12 wins, four draws and 13 losses at this way in part of the season, I think they would be pretty happy, to be honest. Um, a lot of them take you, it, yeah. Yeah, and you've got, a, you've got a very, very talented player in Sam Hoskins. Um, you've got Mitch Pinnock. You've got the Mark Leonard on loan from uh, Brighton. So to be fair, I think this could be a really troublesome game for Bolton, especially after their long journey down to Cambridge on uh, last night for the game to only be called off after nine minutes. Um, so I have actually gone for a 1-1 draw in this game. I think I, I, I think Bolton have... I think they've got the bit between the teeth at the minute. I, I think they'll... They won't walk it, but again, a 2-0... I, I'd go with a 2-0 to Bolton personally. Again, Northampton obviously lost their last two. You know, they they take it. Their fans would take it when they 11th in the league. But mm. it is you look at the quality of Bolton, I I, I think 2-0 to Bolton is, is a fair result. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've gone... I've just gone off the draw. I don't know why I've gone for a draw because Northampton don't draw games. But I just think the mental of getting, getting yourself up for a game to last nine minutes and then travelling all the way back to Bolton might play a part, personally. But that, that'll be 
I, I think that'll be actually quite an interesting game to watch. And the reverse fixture uh, back in October, Bolton won that uh, 2-1. Um, so now we've got uh, Port Vale versus Stevenage. Um, Port Vale obviously into the bottom four with one win in eight. And Stevenage after their disappointing defeat, um, mainly because apparently because of the referee, according to Steve Evans, um, sitting in sixth place, but do have that game in hand. Um, I think it'd be a very Stevenish thing just to sort of win professionally 2-0. Uh, Port Vale, as I've said, their goalkeeper kept them in the game last night. Um, I really like Ethan Chislett. I think he's a really talented player, offers that bit of creativity. Um, but when you've got literal dinosaurs up front in people like Ryan Loft, you don't really stand a chance. Um I just think I do, I do think Port Stevenage will win pretty comfortably. To be honest, it would be like a Jose Mourinho style performance from Steve Evans' men. I, I think it's going to be a really ugly match. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like I really like this is going to be a game of football that you you either love to watch or you just you know if you I, I, I suppose quite cliche if you Steve Evans you'll love to watch this game. Mm. If you Pep Guardioli, you've had nightmares after. <laughs> after 10 mini cheddars about this game so I, I again I'd probably go with a 2 like you say 2-0 two 2-0 nil, two nil Stevenage you know I, I, I think yeah they'll, they'll want to they'll want to bounce back and yeah. the main question it, is it, who's going to have more possession in this game just no one I, I don't think the just they'll just they'll just put the ball in the centre circle someone from Stevenage will kick it into the net <laughs> twice There'll, there'll be two be touches halves. the whole game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two touches in the whole game. It'll be the two goals, and that's it. That's the game. <laughs> um, and the final game of the League One weekend is Wigan Athletic versus Exeter City. Exeter and Wigan both in exactly the same form, with three wins, a draw, and a loss from their five games. Um, obviously, you can't add the eight extra points onto Wigan, but if you did. Um, they would be sitting in 10th place, which, to be honest, with the troubles they've actually had this season, it's not a bad season for Sean Maloney's men. Obviously, they had a little bit of a slump, and obviously with how congested the, the table is, they did plummet a little bit. Um, but they've still got players like Charlie White, you've still got Stephen Humphreys, um, you've got that midfielder on loan from a Premier League club who begins with O, who I can't remember, you've got Sean Clare. Um, the only thing for Wigan, I think, is... The problem is, Exit, I think we, Exeter will it'll be a one-all draw, but Exeter will score a set piece. And that's mainly because I don't think Wigan possess, while they've got Charlie Wyke and Stephen Humphreys, their back line, I don't think, possesses the physicalness, personally. I mean, this is the, they, this is the definition of mid-table mediocrity. Mm. If, if I'm honest, you've got Wigan Athletic, aside on seven goal difference versus Exeter City, only... One point, okay. You you look at the, the points, whatever the points deduction, but Exeter City one place worse off, one point, and is it one point less, mm -hmm. but minus nineteen 90. goal difference. <laughs> Genuinely, this could be a Wigan three nil, or it could be an yeah. Exeter one nil. I'm going to verge on the Wigan three nil, personally. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's again in in terms of if we were structuring games for in level not level of importance but where they'd be on the running order of a, of a match of the day this will be mm -hmm. quite low down quite low. <laughs> um, 
Of course, this I don't know if we've covered uh, Cambridge and uh, Cambridge and Cheltenham. Have we? Have we been? Oh, I do apologise. I am so sorry. That is literally. If I scroll down, it is there. I am so, sorry, okay, Cambridge again, and Cheltenham fans. That, that sums up Cambridge and Cheltenham. <laughs> if I'm honest, it's just it's just a game uh, that no one is hugely interested in. If I'm honest, I mean, it, it, it could be one of them that if if Cambridge don't get a win, um, which in, you, yeah. you, then they're, they're they're back in a bit of a scrap. I, 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 I'm going to go one-one again. Like, I like I say, I, I, I don't think it'll be a hugely, hugely interesting game. But again, if Cheltenham, like they seem to do every now and then, just find a, an extra goal, then yeah. and and Fleet would lose. Then you're looking at Cheltenham back into, back into twenty-second, and potentially only five points off off Reading or, or Charlton so it's a shame because I predicted Ch- Cheltenham back in November to actually stay up when Daryl Clark got him a little bit going um, but that January window I think has just taken any sort of hope away as a pretty dire January I think for Cheltenham they bought um, they got loaned in I think with Joe Nuttall from Oldham Athletic who was literally their fifth choice striker and that's when you know you're in the depths of Oh shit! Who do I know that I can just bring in to pray that they can score some goals? Um, in terms of Cambridge, they've pretty gone the Neil Harris way. Um, mm-hmm. The last four games they've beaten Fleetwood two one, drew nil nil with Exeter. They then had another nil nil draw, um, and then they beat Shrewsbury two uh, one. Um, it's just a Neil Harris sort of team. I've also gone the same. I'll go with a one one draw. Um, I think. That would probably suit Cambridge more than Cheltenham. I think the only difference between the teams is that Cambridge have a goal scorer in Lyle Taylor, um, where, um, where, oh, Cheltenham don't. They have Matty Taylor. Obviously, he came yeah. from Forest Green, who are shit. And um, yeah, uh, we'll go with a one-one draw in that one. I think I, again, I don't mean to sound. There's 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 a few games here that. They like this game has the potential to be the 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 most random five four game. It <laughs> that, that's just the very nature of 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 League One football is a game like this or a game a game like your, your Wigan Athletic Exeter could legitimately be a five four. Just randomly, it won't be. I don't think, but you know, a lot of these games have the potential to either be. Absolute blockbusters or really forgettable games this week, I think. I'd go with the more forgettable with uh, someone like Neil Harris in charge and um, with, especially with his record at Gillingham, which was uh, questionable in terms of yeah. goal scoring. Um, so that about wraps everything up for this League One preview. Like I said, if you have any suggestions uh, for what you'd like us to cover, uh, please do tweet us and uh, we'll have a look at getting them into it. But um Everyone enjoy your weekend and uh, hopefully every, well, not everyone, hopefully uh, your team wins, except you, Barnsley. Uh, And Burton fans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the lower league look. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.